Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. Hey, go to theathletic.com slash NBA show, and you can get The Athletic for $1 a month for 12 months. It's a sale that you better take advantage of. Won't be around for too much longer, so go check that out. With me today, I've got my good friend, James Edwards III. He covers the Pistons for The Athletic. James, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you having me on. See, it looks like you got a fresh cut. You always have uh, you always have good hair. Yeah, it looks, it looks yeah, yeah. Hadn't been too long since I got since I got a haircut. Slick. I just, yeah, I just combed it. That's what happened. Just gave that, it a little comb this morning. That's the, that's the hair of a of a guy who got all the kids out of the house. <laughs> that's exactly right. I have <laughs> I have time to actually exactly. comb my hair this morning. <laughs> uh, I love so, it. One, I wanted to talk about the Pistons with you because I think they're a pretty interesting team. They have. A lot of lottery picks, a lot of names that people know at this point. And I'm just so curious about how this team is going to come together. And then in part two, we're going to talk about teams that have the best chance to go from the lottery to the playoffs or the play-in. Just just a team that gets a lot better. like Kind of like the Thunder, the team that I cover from last year. So who, like, who has the best chance to be the Thunder of last year? So okay. let's start with the Pistons first. Cade Cunningham obviously made a splash with the Team USA Select team. Looked really good. Lots of stories coming out of camp there for him. And I thought the most interesting note is that he turned down being part of Team USA so that he mm-hmm. could focus on the Pistons. What are expectations for Cade? You know, number one pick, still thought of very highly by a lot of people. You know, didn't play much last year, kind of struggled in spots, but maybe it was a little bit better than what people remember mm-hmm. in spots too. Uh, what what are the expectations for K? Like, what does that look like? So it's, it's tricky, right? Because at the end of the day, this will be his quote-unquote second year. He only played 12 games last year. Yeah. Uh, but he does have the benefit of, being in an NBA organization, being around the team, being able to lift weights, work out. Um, so it's, and there's also the factor of the Pistons are ready to like turn a corner. Yeah. So it's tricky because you, he does deserve the grace of somebody who's only in his second year, but technically it's his third year. The Pistons do need to, to see they need somebody to emerge as a budding star, and we all think Kate is that. He just has to stay healthy and, and do it consistently on a, over a stretch of time. So, I mean, for me, it's like, can Cade be in the conversation of being, and this seems like a lot, but I, I think he can do it. Like, is he entered the conversation of a top 25 player this year? And I think that's like, again, that's a lot to ask of somebody who's hasn't even, I don't even know if he's played a full NBA season between first two years. I don't think so. Uh, there's no way he did. There's no yeah, way he did. 60 or 76 total games. Yeah. That's a lot to ask for somebody, right? Uh, but also but I, a guy that was picked number one overall. Right, exactly. A guy, a guy that was on this select team that yep. clearly you're one of the best 50 guys in the league if you're on the select team. Exactly. And had a chance to be on the big boy team. So I think he, I think if he can walk away from the season and everybody kind of agrees that he's in that top 25, I think that's a win all across the board. Because if that happens, I think the Pistons make the leap that they need to make. And I don't necessarily think that's play in, uh, but because they only had 17 wins last year, I don't think they were 17 wins bad when you look at their roster. It's just who was available. Uh, but if they can, I think that for them, the minimum is 30. And if Cade's a top 25 player, I, I think they get there. Uh, I don't want to say comfortably, but I think they get there. Yeah. What are, what's everybody feeling about his shooting? I, I'm an Oklahoma state alumni. And so I watched him at Oklahoma state, you know, almost every game. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was going to be a really good shooter <laughs> at the yeah. NBA level. I really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just hadn't been that yet. You know, small nope. sample of last season, 27% from three. Rookie season, 31%. Some of it, I think, is like dis- 
just his decision making as a three point shooter, I think, mm-hmm. could get better. Yeah. Um, but what are the what are like the prevailing thoughts around you know Detroit about his shooting? So, I I'm not worried about it. I think fans are like are ready to see it happen because like you, they saw what he did in college. They see that like the shot looks good. Yeah. They've seen stretches. Um, I asked him about it at summer league and I, just cause he's coming off the shin thing. I was like, did that, has that impacted the three point shooting? Do you think? And he's like, no, to be honest, like I just, it's, it's taken like, I just, I'm still getting adjusted to it. And that's fair. And I think that's one thing that a lot of, um, outside people outside of, of the league don't really factor in. Like it's it's a hike. It's a big difference from college. Like if you, I'd recommend anybody if they have the opportunity to go stand at the top of the three point line in the, on an NBA floor shortly after stepping on a college one. Like it's it's a hike, and there is a difference. And then you you're not just factoring in the distance, right? You're factoring in the intensity of the play. You're still getting adjusted to your legs having to play at a professional level like it's it's you're going up and down the floor like you're not just shooting threes you're shooting threes running up and down the floor against nba players so there is an adjustment um i think again i i think Cade's going to be a good shooter and i when i say good it's kind of like like people view trey young as a good shooter right yeah but if you look at the numbers he's 34 35 percent for mm-hmm. his career but it's on it's high volume and that yeah so i i think Cade can get there um and I think he yeah, will. Same get with there. Booker as well. Same with like, Booker. Like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. And like he's been very, very good from the mid range. Kate has. Like we're talking about Demar Rosen levels at times. Um, and but the three point shot's gonna. I think aside from the turnovers, is gonna determine the level of stardom. And I think he gets there. I, I do. I. I think he had a lot of time with the shin injury to work on kind of the basic mechanics of his shot um, to get the, any tweaks that needed to happen. And then he couldn't go like go up and down five on five for a while. So I'm sure he did a lot of, a lot of three point shooting. So yeah, I think, I think there are people are ready to see that translate like now. Uh, yeah. But I don't, I don't think anybody's like fearful that it's going to be like how it has been for his whole career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also just before we move on, I want to make sure that everybody knows any of these fat pictures of Kate are fake, right? Yes, they are very fake, very very <laughs> fake. He has put on, he has put on weight, but it's good weight, like muscle. Yeah, like he's he looks different. He looks like a NFL kind of receiver now. Yeah, shout out to uh, whoever did those fake pictures of him. They look great. Like no, no shout job. out to him because I had to <laughs> sit on Twitter and june and tell people to relax (laughs) yeah that's something that people probably don't think about is that a a small thing like a photoshop could like blow up your day as like the person who's like telling people about like what's going on with the pistons well it well it even got worse and i don't know how many people outside of like pistons twitter saw it but to go with the photos a guy took one of my stories about cade and like this. and doctored it to make it look like I wrote a story about him gaining weight, which then yeah. like the photos were fine. Like that's the Internet. Right. Well, then when yeah. you're starting to like alter my stories and making fake ones with the company attached to it, that's when I got to like say you got to relax. Yeah, that is messed up. <laughs> yeah, that part. that That's what triggered. Like, that's what pissed me off. But yeah. Uh, yeah, they're fake. They're very fake. Kate, Kate is. I don't know if people have seen photos of like what Kate like looks like. I it started to you see the transformation like halfway through last season, and I posted photos when we when we saw him like on the floor d- during the season, like practice like on the floor while the team's practicing. He wasn't practicing, but yeah, he's he's noticeably put on like muscle, which yeah. is impressive for somebody who's uh who's a vegan. Yeah, uh, let's let's talk about Jaden Ivey. He shot the ball a lot better down the stretch of the mm-hmm. season, at least from deep. Um, overall, just kind of seemed more in control of his yep. game as the season went on. What expectations look like for him as kind of the the backcourt mate to Cade? Yeah, first and foremost for me, Jaden completely um, 
the the expectations I had for him coming into his rookie year, he completely like shattered it. Um, yeah. I never really noticed, and I've only I've been covering I've watched basketball in like closely my entire life. I've been covering a team up close and personal. I just finished my sixth season. I've never I can't really recall a player, a rookie, I should say, who improved um like that each month. Uh like he struggled with turnovers and then like they got better as guys went down and he was the only focus of the offense. Uh he had no mid range game. The mid range game became a strength by the end of the season. Uh, the three point shot struggled to start and then it got better as the season went on. Like he and it like being around him and he's always the last one in the gym. Like you're not surprised that he got better, but you don't really just see improvements in so many areas through the course of a season, especially in his situation where um, he had Cade and bogey early on. So you yep. think it'd be easier for him, but he actually got better when he was the lead ball handler in the focus. So hats off to him. And I think life's going to get easier for him uh, with Cade coming back, right? Because I, I think, I think if people have questions about Jaden offensively, it's, is he a lead guard? Um, same questions people maybe have about Cade, I guess. But he'll be the secondary, maybe tertiary ball handler. I think he's going to be a fine spot up shooter. I think he'll be able to catch and go, grab and go, and and beat guys with his athleticism. Um, I think life's going to be easier for him. Um, I expect a more efficient season. I don't know if he'll be – I don't know if the the volume will be there. The three-point volume will probably be there in comparison to last year, but I don't know about, like, touches and um, just shot attempts in general. But I think he has the opportunity to have a very efficient season. Uh, he's got to improve around the rim. But uh, I, I certainly think that he's a guy who, just based on what I saw his rookie year and the strides he made, like, it's hard to – kind of put a ceiling on a guy like that when you see that type of improvement so quickly. So um, I certainly think that having Cade back, having Bogey back, assuming Bogey starts, which I would think so, um, I think that's going to help Jaden a lot. It's going to give him more safety valves. It's going to give him other eyes that defenses have to focus on. Um, he'll be going against teams maybe second or third best defender as opposed to first. So I, I think Jaden's going to be very much a beneficiary the, the biggest beneficiary of, of K coming back. Yeah. I, I was surprised to see that he shot 37% on catch and shoot threes mm -hmm. last season. And then after the all-star break, he's 42.7% catch and shoot threes. Shocking. It was shocking. Yeah. Which is really great for this team because what they, I mean, they're, they have a lot of ball handlers now, mm -hmm. like including like Monte Morris and Asar Thompson, obviously Cade. And if Jaden Ivey is like a sub-35% catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, then that's a problem. But yeah. if he can be, he doesn't have to be 42, but if he's like 38, 39% yep. as Solves a catch-and-shoot guy, that is so helpful. And and not necessarily an expected outcome this early in his career either. So th that, that to me is something that I'm really interested to see because I – I'm worried about like spacing stuff with the Pistons. Like they're going to play a non-shooting big for the most part a lot. Mm -hmm. And you have guys like Cade Cunningham who have had like a shaky start to their shot. And Jaden Ivey might be able to help unlock a little bit of that. Yep. As, as no, they move I, forward. I, I agree. And I think, I think Jaden shot and Isaiah Stewart shot, assuming in my mind, it's going to be Duran Stewart, bogey, Ivy Cade to start are going to be like the sneaky uh the sneaky kind of variables that'll determine how good the Pistons will be. Like I believe in Isaiah Stewart's shot anybody that follows me knows that. Yeah. Um he shot volume for the first time in his life this past season and ended up around 33%. I he was like on a heater before he went down for the season in January. I think if he would have played 60 to 70 games, he would have ended around like 34, 35% and people would have a different outcome or a different view on that. But he was, he hurt his shoulder in January and then shot 11% from three in January after shooting 50%, I think in December from three. Um, like I believe in that shot. I think they're going to utilize him as a, as a floor spacer. Uh, he's just got to do it, right? He's just got to prove it. So yeah, he's got to make shots. Yeah, it's just got to be like we we can say we believe in it all we want, but once we once we see it, it, that doesn't matter. So 
And it's about the other teams caring too. Like that, yep. that to me is it. Like he could shoot 35% and if teams care that he shoots, like you've done it, you know, right. you've unlocked it. But yep. I don't think teams care today if I agree, if Isaiah Stewart shoots threes. Agreed. I agree. Um, and that's, I think sneakily that and in Jaden's ability to, cause I don't know if teams care if Jaden shoots spot ups either right now. Yeah. I know the numbers are there, but it didn't feel like teams really respected it. Uh, when it did it's also happen. hard. It's also so hard to tell what's real and what's not with a team at the end of the season that is right. clearly not going anywhere, right? Because everybody plays. Everybody knows, like, okay, we don't really have to show up all that much. And the and the Pistons like shock some people down the stretch just yeah. because other teams just thought they would just roll over and die. Right. And they have a lot of guys, a lot of competitive players that just kept going. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to decide what is real and what is not for guys like this down the stretch <laughs> like I and just I, yeah I don't know and I think that was from the Pistons perspective as an organization in long-term outlook I think that was the biggest hindrance of Cade being out right yeah like you weren't really able to put your core together and see what it looks like or see what needs to happen or um, you basically were out of any type of competitive basketball by December right so yep. um, it, it just really kind of clouded the evaluation process and I guess they were obviously able to evaluate guys, but just in terms of evaluating as a unit um, and, and and seeing what it looks like and hopefully playing like a little bit more meaningful basketball than they did uh, changes things. And probably not only how the organization views certain guys, but I think how pieces fit and work together. So that's going to be a thing, too, that needs to be considered this year. Like they've obviously played a lot together this summer. Um, so they're out at the Rico Hines runs and I'm sure I'm sure they've gotten together. I don't know the league rules, but like I'm sure they've gotten together in other settings this summer. But um, that's it's just not the same until you get on the floor in, a, in an NBA setting. So there are going to be like I would assume wrinkles to 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 figure out. But and they're to their benefit. They got a pretty heavy home heavy schedule to start the year. Um, so I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna have to iron out some things, like that's the that's a, 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 as good of a situation in the NBA as you can get is, is a pretty home heavy uh, top of the top of the order. So in a vacuum, I, I really like Asar Thompson. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily love him for the Pistons just because of like the spacing issues that yeah. I think that they could have. What have you seen or heard that's made you feel better about his fit in Detroit? Man, seeing him at summer league, and again, it's just summer league. I don't want to. We've seen guys. We saw Anthony Bennett go nuts in summer league, and, <laughs> and it's all due respect, we we saw that ended. And but like Asar does things that translate, right? Like it wasn't. If you can defend at summer league, you should be able to defend in the league, right? Like I just, I just feel like that. Like of course there are guys there that aren't going to make a roster, but you can see a guy who can defend like it's just shot making is just a little more flimsy of a, of a thing. Mm -hmm. You can see eye popping athleticism. Like I, I've watched several NBA players glide for a put back dunk. I don't know if I've seen very many glide like the way Asar does Um, his vision, uh, the way he moves in transition. Like the comparison is so played out already, but like when Troy drafted him and was like, yeah, it's, it's oh, I see a little Andre Iguodala, and you keep that in your mind, and you watch him like, like I, you kind of do see it. Like you, yeah. you want you want to be respectful to Iguodala, who has a Hall of Fame career, and I think should be a Hall of Famer. Uh, but like, I think the Pistons have always needed, for one, they've always needed a wing, who, they've always needed a wing of Asar's build during this whole thing, right? So, if we want to take it all the way back to to Stanley Johnson, like Stanley was had moments of a really good defender, but he wasn't athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't the ball handler. Asar could be okay passer, but I think Asar's like has like possible secondary ball handling, like in, in him could like, I could see him even like leading an offense at some point. I think sure. he's that smart, but then you even factor in just like the defense and the rebounding. Like he averaged a double, double at summer league as a, three like that's not nothing Mm -hmm. that's not nothing Mm -mm. that shows that this is a guy who just has a knack for doing things that it takes to win and i just think the pistons need 
Not that they don't have guys like that. I think they have several guys like that. But to add another one at that position where they've always just kind of never really had. Like, I'm trying to think of the last great wing that the Pistons, like, really good wing that the Pistons have had. Like, KCP. Uh, yeah. But, like, the, before that, you have to go probably to Tayshaun Prince. Mm-hmm. So that's like something that they just never were able to address and ever able to figure out. And I just look at Asar, I'm like, I have, I don't know how good he'll be, but I know he won't be bad. Like he's not yeah. going to be out of the league at the age of 26 or 27. Like he's going to be, I think he's going to be like, I just like, and another thing, like when you get covering the league and you're around and you just kind of learn what it takes to build a, like a, a sustainable program, you don't, until you get there, you don't really understand how important it is to have the guys who just do like winning play stuff. And to me, that's like, I think that's like culture changing. Yeah. If it trans, if it translates just, and it sounds like I'm just like putting this kid on a pedestal already, but I, I don't know, man. He ever like, he, he can rebound. He can defend his ass off. Um, he can put the ball on the floor. He can make passes. The, like really the only question I have is a shot. That's really the only yeah. question. Um, well, and if you spend any time around them, it's oh hard not to like hype them at all. Like I was at but, the draft yeah, and like talked to them like before the draft and you're just like, wow, what? I mean, like as like a dad, I'm like, what an impressive young man, you know, <laughs> the, like he's just yeah, the <laughs> nicest kids. Like it's almost, and I, and I, I mean this in the most respectful way, possible. like it's almost like they're almost like nerdy, but like yeah. in a, in a yeah. very genuine competitive way. It, and they just, love yeah the NBA and they yeah. love basketball. Like if you've seen any of these videos of them that came out of OTE about like them quizzing them about these like different players and whatnot, they're yeah. coming up with like these deep cuts that <laughs> at their age, they shouldn't know. No. Elise Johnson. Yeah. That, yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. That yeah. That's so, like, insane. it was honestly weird. It's honestly yeah. a little weird. <laughs> well, their middle names are like letters. I need to find out about that. Have you ever looked up their middle names? Well, I'm looking at a SARS right now. X L N C. Yeah, and I think his bro- I think amends is the same. What I don't does know, like that mean. Yeah, it's so the it same kinda, thing. X L N C. What is that? So it like kind of like plays into like they are <laughs> when you meet them and you watch them play and you look at them, they feel like they were built in a factory. Yeah, they're and then robots. You just, and then These you look are robots. At the middle, That's their yeah. serial number. <laughs> and yeah. then you look at the middle name and exactly, it's like a serial number. But I, I'm glad you said that too because. Like just the nice, like I've I've only met Asar, but being around him the, a couple times this summer, like just the nicest kid, you can tell how hard he works, and yeah, man, I think the Pistons, like, I think they like got like I'm like I think Asar is going to be really good. I do. I don't know why I think that. Uh, why? Well, I, I think he also why, but, allows yeah. the Pistons to play small in a way that I don't think they could have. In the past, mm-hmm. where you could play him at, I mean, he's 6'7", 215, 220. Yep. You can play him at the four against a lot of different teams. Yep. And then so, you could play Beef Stew. And if, like, if, if Isaiah Stewart can truly be a spacer, that unlocks like a small ball lineup that the Pistons haven't like really been able to play. No, and then you can play like all your best players, including like, I think Monte Morris is going to be a big part of what they do this year, probably bigger than what a lot of people are assuming. Mm-hmm. And then you could play Monte and you could play Cade and you could play Jaden and Asar and Isaiah Stewart. And that is like a really versatile, switchy, fun, like a really fun offensive team. Yep. But he's, Isaiah one, Isaiah Stewart's got to shoot it. I think mm-hmm. it's hard to play that lineup if he doesn't shoot it. But I think Asar allows them to, to do that too with his passing and cutting abilities. Yep. And I even think too, if, if Stu becomes a shooter, I think he can be. If Jaden, if what we saw last year at the end of the year was real, if Cade becomes a shooter, we think he can be. Then you just plug Asar in at the three, and you have three guys who can space the floor. Then you have Duran, who has the potential to be yeah, a, a great rim protector. I think he has the the physical tools to switch. Like I think for Asar, I think Asar, like you just kind of mentioned, can play in any lineup. It just depends on what's it depends on everybody else around him. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of where my, I think, uh, excitement for Asar comes from. Like I don't, I can't picture a lineup where I can't put Asar in, and he makes an impact in a positive way. Mm-hmm. 
who starts for this team? I think it's Duran, Stu, Bogey, Ivy, Cade. Okay. Uh, there's part of uh, talking to Sam Vecini, he on his pod a few weeks ago, he floated out the idea of like, what if they start Monty next to Cade instead of Jaden? Which I don't think they'll do, but I think Monty closes more games than we think. I wrote that yesterday. Yeah, I think if you want to win games, you probably do that. But this is still like the long view. I don't right. think you can. If you think that Jaden Ivy is a starter, yeah, you can't. You just cannot put him to the bench for right. Monte Morris. Like you know, all credit to Monte Morris what he's done with his career. Yep. but you can't do that. No, I agree. And shout out to Flint. Shout out to Monte Morris. Shout out to Flint. Yep. It's uh. <laughs> I, I, I think that's the starting lineup. I think that, assuming, and I don't want to say nothing's going to click 100%, but assuming we get, say, Stu gets 35% on five or six attempts a game, mm-hmm. I, Ivy and Kate are better three-point shooters. Like I think offensively and defensively, Jaden or uh, Jalen Duran takes the steps he has to defensively. Mm-hmm. I think that's their best five for now for now i think asar is gonna make bogey sweat eventually but to start the year i think that's the best five are they gonna trade bogey or like is he gonna stay like what's 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 the what's the deal with him that's the that's a that's a great question uh i know they very much love bogey i being around bogey and watching him even though all the losses like i think bogey generally likes being in detroit Mm -hmm. um I just so that's the thing, right? It's like it's not that they if they 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 like Bogey and like to keep Bogey, but also other teams really like Bogey and would like Bogey and would give up things for Bogey. Sorry, I said the same thing twice. Would give up things for Bogey, and you have Asar. This is how I think it plays out. I think Bogey's here to start the year. If they're in the play-in hunt, he stays. Yeah. If they're making improvements but not in the play-in hunt, he goes. He has a pretty friendly contract next year where essentially it's pretty much a win-win for the Pistons, right? They could trade Bogey. I, I don't know what his – you hear what they're asking for. I, I don't know if they'll get it. Kind of, I think it depends on how Bogey looks. If he's What looks, are they asking for? Everything I've heard is at, at least a first. Now, I don't know how like unprotected, protected – like yeah. it seems like a pretty decent first from everything I've gathered, mm-hmm. not just like a protected first from Milwaukee. I I think it has to be like an unprotected first, which I think is fair for Bogey. Uh, I don't, I don't know if a team's giving that up at right now. I think that's more of like a deadline thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for, so. His contract next year is basically partially guaranteed. I think uh, I think it's only partially guaranteed for three million. So basically, the Pistons can either trade him and get assets, or they can just they could let him go if they don't want to keep him and and open up a lot of cap space. So it's kind of a the they the the friendliness of the contract allows them to dictate it. Of course, you want to get assets for you don't want to just let a guy walk, but if you're opening up like seventeen million in cap space, that's not really letting a guy just walk. I guess um, I don't know. I I think he, I think he stays to start the year, and I think they see what it looks like. Yeah, I just wonder. Because, I mean, they're a young team, but they're different than a lot of these other young teams that they don't have, like, a lot of, like, excess assets. Like no. all the other, like, Thunder. Um, you know, the the Pelicans are like this. The, the Spurs are like this. Like, have just have a ton of assets. Houston yep. has a lot of excess assets. And the, the Pistons don't. So, I just wondered. Because he's 34. Yeah. And I just kind of wondered a little bit. No, I, th- never I think, know, that's, like, I th- I think that's fair. Yeah, you never know with a guy that's 34 when it's going to end. Like maybe yep. it doesn't until he's 36, 37. He doesn't necessarily he doesn't like rely on athleticism or anything like that. Right. But you just never know. And if you get a first round pick for him that's in the future, just say like, hey, just kick the can as far down the road as possible. Let's yeah. make it as unprotected as possible. Give me a 2028 unprotected first round pick from Milwaukee. Or even top five protected, like the Thunder keep getting these top five unprotected or top five protected picks from Denver. Yeah, but just like very far in the future. Yeah, like go to a team that feels good about themselves right now and say like, hey, listen, you're always going to be good forever. You know, right. like try to trick them into giving you yeah. some like low protected pick in the future. 
because uh, you just never know. You never yeah. know where things are going. And so I just, I, I like him too. I think he helps them a lot. But I just wonder long term if you'd just rather have an extra asset. And I think I'm glad you brought that up um, because I try to I try to frequently enforce this to in my writing when talking about the overall view of the rebuild and um, when people are getting impatient and, and things like that. And I understand that tr- truly. Uh, the team hasn't won a playoff game in over 15 years. The issue that I have when people kind of want this group to hurry up because the t- franchise hasn't been good. Like Troy has nothing to do with that. Like it's unfortunate. We under- I understand that fans have had to sit through that, but he's in my opinion, doing it the right way. And I don't think people really realize how fortunate. Yes. I know they just won 17 games, but I don't think people really realize how fortunate the Pistons are to have a, the young core that they do given the circumstances. Like yeah. you, I don't, people have to understand that when the Pistons decided to rebuild, their best, their three best players, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, and Reggie Jackson, in total, to to get rid of them in total, brought them back John Henson, Brandon Knight, and cap space and two second round picks. That's what Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson, and Andre Drummond got you. Whew. There is no they, they like this wasn't. This was whatever's below ground zero. Yeah. This that's why I think people and I understand again, I, I I get the frustration and I understand like wanting to see a winner. This is a humongous basketball city. The Pistons are a legacy franchise. There are very few organizations who have won as many titles as them. Uh I think they're like seventh in the in the history of the NBA with titles with three. And it's like they had the run in the early 2000s. Like they've had one of the better, better runs in, in recent history. But it's like you guys realize that you have from nothing, Cade, Jaden, Jalen, Stewart, Asar. Yeah. Like that's – it just – I understand losing at 17 wins is tough. But you you have – they had to do that. They had nothing. Yeah. They had nothing to show for uh, a sweet playoff a, – a playoff run in – what year was that? 2018, where Blake Griffin was phenomenal, one of the best 15 players in the league. I argue it's one of the top like seven players in the league that year. He gave everything he had. His leg went out, and it was like Andre and Reggie didn't have value. Like it could be a lot worse. Yeah. It really could be a lot worse. And I just think, and I don't know if fans of other teams realize that how bad it was when the Pistons had to start over. Like this, there was no. They didn't have the Aaron Gordon to trade like Orlando. Um, they didn't have the Paul George like OKC. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the James Harden like Houston. Like they didn't even have the Vucevic that Orlando had. Like that even got them what Wendell Carter Jr. and two picks, which one of them was Franz. One of, I mean, that's yeah. That like would, they had to manipulate. <laughs> yeah, like they had to manipulate way. Like I don't even. I'm still kind of confused on how they ended up getting. And that, I mean, that class now is, it looks like it's just going to be the stew, the last one standing, but they ended up getting three firsts in 2020. I have no idea. They, they, they moved Luke Kennard and Christian Wood. Like that's what they had to work with. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think that needs to be put into perspective. I'm not like holding the water for them. I'm not trying to, yeah. uh, I'm not trying to like feel bad for them or anything like that, but it's just the facts are the facts, man. Like, you know how they had nothing to start from every other team. They're like, why is OKC doing this? Why is Orlando doing this? Why is Houston doing yeah. this? Cause they had somewhere to start. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm glad you brought that up because I do think that that doesn't get talked about enough um, on a national scale. Of, like the Pistons started from dog shit basically. Yeah. And I just in terms of assets, I mean, yeah. With that said, do you think Troy has like years of like leash left with his job? Like what if the, what if they win 23 games this next year? And like what does that look like for Troy? Like they're not in the play in, yeah. they're not sniffing the play in yet. It's been a I mean, I know that he hasn't had like the the easiest road here. Right. But also how long can he keep his job if they're just not even close to where you know the ownership or whoever wants to be right that's just i think that's a good question and a fair question one i i don't have an the answer to 
but to me, it feels like I feel like this year there needs to be like everybody they need to get to thirty wins, mm-hmm. and or even chase for the play. And like, and I say thirty wins because they they won seventeen last year. Thirteen win like turnarounds pretty significant in the NBA, mm-hmm. especially for a young team. Like I. And of course, there's circumstances like if somebody gets hurt for the year or something like that, like you would think that the owner would have some, some, um, some, some, some leeway. But I, I think, I don't think the, I don't think his seat is hot right now. Um, I think when he got the job, I think he explained to everybody that this isn't going to be easy and kind of laid out everything that I laid out just now. Mm -hmm. Um, then he lost a development year with Cade. I think we're like a year or two away from like the seat being hot. Yeah. It, I don't think it's like if 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 they get 70 or 65 games from 80% of their core p- pieces this year and they end up with 23-24 wins, that's probably concerning because that means the drafting which is the most important part of this hasn't gone super well. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of just like where it hinges on is like, are the players, do they look like they can be something because he was mm-hmm. brought here to draft well, because that the organization hasn't drafted well in a long time. And I think that that's important. So yeah, I think, I think he's a year or two away from it being like a hot seat. I just, I think everybody involved now I will say that maybe he's pushed to, make a bigger splash sooner yeah that, that's that's usually how the ship goes down right is hey now hey I'll things are working out yeah like flip flip a few of these young guys for somebody that can play now and then like the ship almost always sinks yeah <laughs> after it's, that yeah. i mean i i think what pick was shay 12 or 11 he was 11 i believe i can't remember if the pistons the pick that they they traded tobias in either pick 11 or 12 in the deal for Blake. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, it's when the the ship sinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. 11. Yeah. 11th. Um, it was Charlotte and they traded Shea to the Clippers. Oh, that's right. So the clip, yeah. And the Clippers had that Pistons pick. Yep. Yeah. So you got to, I think, I think everybody's on the same page there. I think they've tried the speeded up route. Uh, but they do want to see, like, even Troy himself, like, wants to see improvements. Like, yeah. I, don't, I think last year, if they thought they were relatively healthy, the, the ideal would have been like, oh, we're maybe we'll flirt with the play-in game until the end of the season. Like, I don't think they expected play-in last year. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious if that changes or or not just simply because Cade missed a whole year. Yeah. All right, last one on the Pistons. Uh, where are we at on the James Wiseman experiment? Um, I saw him in Vegas. Clearly not happy to be in Vegas. So I'm walking out of the hotel, and he was not bebopping out of the hotel to the uh, to the um, to the bus. So what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the Wiseman experiment and where are we headed here? Because he's like eligible for an extension. Yeah, and it's uh, you know. There's no real reason to give him an extension. So I think the backup center minutes will be determined to will be become, him and Bagley are going to be fighting for the backup center minutes. I don't think I think there's no way they both play together. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I think Isaiah Livers probably plays the four next year off the bench. Um, I, I think it's going to be Bagley and Wiseman. My gut tells me just the fact that they are still trying to develop guys that it probably ends up being Wiseman, but I could see Monty like maybe I think Bagley gets a bad rap. Like, I don't think Bagley's as bad of a player as he gets a the rap for like he can score in the post. Uh, he's shown some stuff like he's a good, he reminds me of like a 2023, like Greg Monroe, right? Like it's just yeah. more athletic. Like he's fine. Like, I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be. It's just a matter of would they rather put their, resources in developing Wiseman and seeing giving one last push to try to unlock that or just maybe go with a little bit more sure thing in Bagley. 
I think that's going to be, I mean, there's going to be a lot of fascinating storylines out of camp. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killian Hayes is another one. Um, yeah. I think they give Wiseman the resources to tr- to to continue to play as the backup center. Um, I don't think he ends up signing any extension, and I think this is kind of just like the last. Like this will be, this is a trial run. I think this is the last. Like he's got to show improvements in the area this, that they've highlighted for him mm-hmm. uh, to for them to even entertain bringing him back. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't mentioned Monty Williams yet, but I I think it's a slam dunk higher. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be great. I think that he's just the kind of like motivator that they need. I think he's just the the type of coach that they need with the kind of players they have. Yeah, where Cade likes to operate in the mid range. Like Monty knows exactly how to run a team that has a guy that likes to operate in the mid range. Yep. Like that's how they became like the Phoenix Suns that we know today. Yep. So I, I think it's a it's a great hire. I'm excited to see what he can do with these guys. Um have you had a chance to speak to Monty at all? Um just at his his uh his press conference. Um yeah. and a little like a just a hello at Summer League, but haven't really spent time around him yet. Uh yeah. but certainly Looking forward to seeing, just looking forward to to like to see what that working relationship is like. Just because in my, I've been blessed in two pretty, uh, to have to cover Stan Van Gundy, who send my condolences to Stan, uh, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah, that's awful. Um, yeah. I've I've been blessed to cover Stan and Dwayne, who mm-hmm. are two of the best, like coaches for media you know what i mean yeah just in terms not even just like uh, their friendliness and personality but just how much they're able to divulge and what they're able to talk like what they'll be willing to talk about yeah so just like uh, the bar is set pretty high so i'm very i'm just very curious and i know it seems like Monty's a little bit more reserved and not that that'll be an issue or anything like that i'm just very curious to kind of just get around him and see just see how how he is on a day-to-day yeah yeah, obviously, just like a, a stellar person, but yeah. it is different how the how people interact with media is is interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that will be an interesting dynamic. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about which teams that didn't make the playoffs or the play in are poised to make a jump. We'll be right back. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals, and show you hidden allies so that you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash show 23 That's linkedin.com slash show 23 for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash NBA show 23 and get started. And we're back after that quick break. James, we're going to go back and forth and we're going to select a team that we think is poised to make a jump. Now, out of the East, Pacers, Wizards, Magic, Hornets, Pistons. In the West, Mavs, Jazz, Blazers, Rockets, Spurs. Now, there's some obvious... Don't pick them, <laughs> but there are some teams that I think could could make a little jump. Who are you? Who are you taking first, James? I mean, this is cheating because they tank their way out of <laughs> the play-in. <laughs> yeah, this better be the first pick because I think they obviously have the best chance. Yeah, Dallas. It's yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact that they did what they did last year is. I mean, listen, there are teams that tank all year and they just decided to tank on one game. Like, how mad can you be? <laughs> I'm sure the league, I mean, I understand how the league can be upset, but I mean, it's Dallas. Dallas, if Dallas isn't a, if Dallas isn't a play, like screw the play in, if Dallas isn't a playoff game, that's going to, yeah. or a playoff team, that's going to be one hell of a summer next year. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Added Grant Williams, added Seth Curry. 
Dante Exum, who I think is kind of a sneaky ad there. I don't really know what to expect from him, but he's looked pretty good mm-hmm. um, in these World Cup games. Um, Omax Prosper is another one that I think can make an impact on the rotation. They just waved JaVale McGee yesterday. I think that's a but, sneaky bogey trade team. Yeah, he'd be great with them. They need some kind of secondary score out there with Luca. I I don't know. I think you're right. Like they hadn't really satisfied that necessarily next to he and, and Kyrie Irving, like have somebody else that can really just get buckets on their own. Yep. I guess Tim Hardaway Jr. can do that some, but how much are we really trusting him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's a great fit. Um, I also think that'd actually be a, not a bad Killian Hayes team, too. Okay, talk to me about that. You can't just say that. Well, just to have a... De- Listen, I mean, people can say what they want about Killian. Kid is 6'5 and can defend pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can, and he's a setup man, right? Like, I, just to have that behind... Like, eventually, like, you just to have a good defender in the backcourt. <laughs> they don't have a really good <laughs> defender in the backcourt. Like, I just... Like, if you're getting bogey... yeah. Maybe you take Killian too. Uh, yeah, just as like a flyer. Yeah, a flyer and just a guy like, oh, we need to stop. Like just uh, an, a, a, something different than what you have, I guess. Like I, I don't mind yeah. that as like a third, fourth guard. Mm-hmm. You think Killian's done in Detroit? Because like they've they've kind of stacked their roster to where it looks like that. That's just all I can go off. Yeah, like if I, okay. I've been told they were. It's unlikely he signs an extension. He's extension eligible. But then, yeah, when you look at they brought in Monty Morris and drafted Marcus Sasser, and it's very hard to see where he even like cracks the rotation. But yeah, maybe that's maybe they just want to light a fire under him and see what happens in camp. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pick someone from the East. I'm kind of deciding between two teams, and i I think I'm going to go with Indiana as a team that can jump in. Now, defensively, they just weren't very good last year, which is like pretty much the case for all these teams. It's like if you're a bad team, you're pretty much you're going to be bad on defense. Yes, but they've made some upgrades, like adding Bruce Brown, who I think will come off the bench and be just like this utility guy for them. You know Bruce Brown well, yep. um, former Piston. Yep. He, I think that he'll help them a lot. Like he just helps kind of fill in the gaps where maybe last year you're playing somebody that's a little bit less experienced. Now you're playing. Uh, literally a championship level player mm-hmm. on your roster, so I think that helps. Just getting older helps them too. Yep. Like having another year uh, for Tyrese Halliburton, who's really coming into his own. I think Halliburton just being a part of this team USA will help him a ton as like a springboard into the season. Mm-hmm. And then they've got like guys that can play. I mean, obviously you have Miles Turner, you have TJ McConnell, who I think can play. You have Buddy Heald, who's still on the team that is just going to just shoot the ball well. I think Jairus Walker can come in and defend right away. I don't know offensively what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Andrew Nimhart obviously is a guy that can make an impact as well. I think Aaron Neesmith is a little bit of a sneaky role player for them who played really tough. I was really surprised watching him because he, when he came into the league, I thought, okay, this is like a perimeter shooting guy. Well, he's played more like forward for them. Yeah. And sneaky he's really athletic tough. For, at least I yeah, didn't know he was I, that athletic, yeah. Yeah, and I just think they've got guys. Ben Matherin, I I like his game. I'm curious to see what he looks like on a team that is like trying to get to 500. Same. Um, and how he kind of meshes in there. To me, he kind of last year had more of the game of a six man, mm-hmm. but I think that he has he could he could change that a little bit. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. He's just got to pass. Yeah, you, know, you can't. Yeah. So and the shooting can't just become plummeted, that, which I don't think is like yes. a real thing but that i'm actually still shocked he made first team over Jaden. yeah i think some of it is just the way he performed at the beginning of the season just stuck in everybody's mind and right. people just I like copied and pasted that to the rest of the season and nobody watched detroit in the second half of the season yeah or really indie <laughs> honestly that's true that's fair <laughs> that's fair and then also yeah i mean i think of the teams uh, i mean i think Cade can be this but out of respect for i think halliburton outside of luke and Kyrie, i guess dame too but Halliburton's the best player of the players on the teams that didn't make uh yeah. i don't count dallas man that's tyrese is probably the best <laughs> proven player out of the teams i didn't make the play in i think that is right for next year 
Now yeah. there's going to be guys that emerge right in like a year after this and years down the road where I think he will be a little further down the list just because I, I believe in like some of the guys on the Magic and a couple of guys on the Pistons too. And then who knows with the Rockets guys, yeah. um, but they've got a lot of potential. And same with the Blazers with Scoot. You know, what does Scoot look like in three years? I think is interesting. But I like the Pacers. They're well coached, obviously. And I think that they have a good chance to to jump in, like maybe over a team like the Raptors. That's fair. To get into the play-in. Yep. All right. I'm going to go, just to be that guy, I'm going to go with a controversial one here. Okay. Good. This is why I brought you on. I'm going to go Portland. Okay. I don't think they, I don't think they trade Dame. Really? Yep. It's gotten too, it's gotten too, like, why hasn't it happened yet? It is real. It is awfully quiet. I think that I, and then seeing him seeing his, his uh, interview, I think was Mark Spears. And he just like, didn't like, that looked like the the face of a guy who was told we're not trading you. (laughs) So if you bring, you got Jeremy Grant, Scoot. A developed shade and, or a more developed shade and sharp. The West is tough, of course. The West is so tough. That's the, even with those guys, I still might not pick them if they have Dame. And that's fair. That's fair. I just wanted to be that guy. Hey, I I like it. I would have never chose them, but I do like that you did. <laughs> I do like. I do feel like we're just trending toward Dame staying, though. That would be. That would be pretty wild. And I think he could help Scoot in his development, you know, just from a spacing and like a leadership standpoint. Yeah. I think it would not be a bad thing for him to have at least a year with Dame. And I even think from Dame's perspective, like I think Scoot can be pretty good like right away. Like I don't think it's like a, like of course he's going to make mistakes, but like I don't think it's going to be like some, like some rookie that you're like having to like, pull aside because he's doing like i just think scoot's gonna be good right away like i, I don't know yeah to me yeah. it's like he's a, another he's one in summer league that w- when you watched him for like three minutes you're like oh okay yeah, yeah he's got it yeah whatever it, it is he he's got it 100 percent. so yeah you're trying to just waste a pick but go ahead <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely did waste a pick but i'm i i like it i i don't i don't want this to go chalk in some form fashion uh okay I am going to go chalk. I'm going to go Orlando Magic as my next team. They obviously are a team similar to the Pistons that just need to make progress. Mm -hmm. And like the development stuff is good, but hey, let's win some games too. I think your your three of Franz Wagner, I think is going to be really interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. I think that he's getting a lot of hype. And I think that it's, deserving i think he's a really good player that is very well-rounded that can make another leap i think jalen suggs will be really interesting to watch too in his year three like what is he because it's like it's it's time to show that you either have it or you don't Mm -hmm. and i'm still a jalen suggs believer to a degree so i really i really like him and then obviously like paolo Year two, Paolo will be fascinating to watch. I really like Paolo as a player. I wonder if he could take a leap being a part of Team USA to show that he's like a true focal point of an offense Mm -hmm. and that he can be that in like the modern era. I'm just so curious to see what that looks like. And then like they added Joe Ingles, who's a guy that can really pass and kind of run some pick and rolls and shoot for them. Um Anthony Black, I was a big Anthony Black fan in the draft process. I think that he can not only be like a big point guard, but I think you can plug him in in a lot of different spots, and he's just going to make good decisions for you, and he's going to defend. Yep, I think that helps. I don't know how much Jed Howard helps you in year one, but he can shoot it, yep. and so that's cool. Yeah. Um, obviously, Wendell Carter is another player that I think will will take another step for them. I just think it's time for this young core of the magic to at least sniff the play in, if not get into the play in. I'm with you. I think that's a good pick. All right. So I'm going to, before I say my pick, I'm going to say why I'm not picking other teams. Okay. I think Washington's going to be terrible. Oh yeah. They want to be there. Yeah. yeah they they, they want to be toast and they are. Yeah. I don't love Charlotte. I'm not the biggest LaMelo fan. I don't know if you have a lot of listeners that are, 23 and under and they're probably hating me 
I, I like LaMelo, but I think that they have done the best job of anybody in picking the worst player in the first round over the past like three years. <laughs> there might be that too. Uh, I just think like I just that team's going to be so bad defensively, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I think LaMelo is similar to some of the stuff with Dame. It's like they they never really had a defensive backcourt, blah, blah. Well, Dame's got to be better too. Yeah. Like nobody ever talked. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Dame's yeah. got to be better. I think LaMelo, Definitely. LaMelo is the same way. I don't yeah. believe in Utah. I thought what they did last year was cool, it was impressive. I like you got to. I got to see you do that again. Yeah, personally, I don't like Houston's team, and it's the West. I don't see how Houston makes. I don't see Houston. Yeah, San Antonio. I I Wimby uh, could be great. Uh, they're still not uh, there yet. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna go with Detroit because it's the East. Homer. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Okay, so my question. No, I think you're, I, I, for what it's worth, that's the team I would take to. Okay, I was going to say, if you tell me of the teams that are not, that didn't make the plan, if you tell me that Cade is the best player on any of these teams next year, are you shocked? I'm not shocked. Uh, no. Okay, same. No, 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 no. I don't, no, no, no. I don't, th- I don't, I don't think so. I think I would. I would be disappointed if he wasn't in the top three right. of the guys that we're talking about from this group. 100%. So that in the NBA goes a long way. If you have the, mm-hmm. the you know, Shea, right? Shea was a top 10 yeah. player in the league this year and turned him into a 42-win team. That shit yeah. goes a long way, having yeah, the best player. So 40-win mm-hmm. team, by the way. 40-win team. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um. I, and I need to make it known too. I don't know if I've said it on your pod. If I, I didn't have a vote this past year, I decided not to. I would have voted Shea MVP. Ooh, that is spicy. That's a spicy take right there. I know people say that, but is it though? I mean, yeah. He, I mean, when was the last time a team under five hundred like got like won the MVP? Right, I agree. But we need to probably like probably like nineteen fifties or something. But we need to put it into context. Like I, that's what I don't understand. Is like why does it always go to the best player on the best team or whatever? I understand. Like I get that, but like yeah, the Thunder. With all due respect, I don't know if they win twenty three games if Shea's not there. And you could say the same thing if they put Giannis in in OKC, right? But they it's not yeah. the situation. Shea played at a top ten level. To the point where a team that most people projected to be, if not at the dead dead end of the NBA standings, very close into a playing yeah. team. Like, how is that not most valuable player, like, at its essence? His- I think that's a totally fair take. I don't think that will ever catch on for voters. I know it but won't. I do think it's, But I do think it's fair. Because he was, I think you're right, that they probably are a 23 to 26 win team with the cast of characters that they have yeah. outside of Shea. Yeah. And it's because they're young. Like, it's just like with the, yeah, it's just, it it's is just what it is. Yeah. It's a situation. Young players lose games. Right. Like that's like period. The end. Yes. Young players lose games. They were damn near Shea, 500 as the youngest team in the league. Yeah. And like Shea got COVID. Yeah. During like a portion right. of the season yep. and missed like 10 days or something. And Kenrich Williams went out all in like this one moment where you thought the whole thing is just going to fall apart. And Shea comes back and like lifts them, and they go on to the play and win a play-in game. Yes, I forgot about that. that they actually won one. Yeah, yeah, they won a play-in game on the back of Shea, who was just unbelievable down the stretch of that game against the Pelicans. Like, yeah, I think we need I think more it's voters. Fair. I think with, with a little more cojones. I'm being serious. Like, oh yeah, well that won't happen. Either. Shea, Shea single-handedly, not single-handedly. He he for the Thunder to do what they did, he needed to go from a top thirty-five player to a top ten player, and he did that. Like he was a yeah. one of the ten best players in the NBA last year. I don't, and nobody yeah. should argue me with that. Yeah, how was that all NBA first team? How yeah. was that not the epitome of the most valuable player? Like he, nobody was more valuable. I look at it like this: if you replace Jokic with I don't know. I can't play that game because do you think the Nuggets say Jokic misses the whole season? Is there a world where the Nuggets still make the playoffs in your eyes? I think they make the play in. Okay, if right. like Jamal and PJ are healthy, right? Like those guys are re- those guys are really good. Aaron Gordon, right? Too really good player. I look at it like this: 
and you could say like, well, if you put Giannis on the OKC, okay, if if you take Shea off OK this OKC team, we're like we're talking about Wimbenyama or Brandon Miller or Scoop right now, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. I, and, and I thought like for the record, I thought that they were heading for like the fifth pick, right? Uh, in last year's draft mm-hmm. before the season started, like five to eight yeah. is kind of where I thought they would be picking, and they won a playing game. Like I. I w- I, I, Shay, I'm sorry. I, I turned down my vote. I don't like voting because it, it. I wanted to do it once. I did it once. I don't like voting because yeah. it's attached. There's finance, mon- monetary attachments to it. I cover one team. I don't get to watch everybody all the time. Uh, I don't want to like miss things. But Shay, I, I'm just wanting to let you know if you're listening to this, I would have voted for you first for MVP if I kept my vote last year. But listen, with somebody that does have cojones and has some integrity, maybe you should be a voter. You should take that into account as well. I, I, I thought about this the other day, actually, because I was watching Shea highlights. Or I was watching Shea in uh, uh, not highlights, the Canada. Yeah, yeah. What would the bet? Do you think I would have got, like, blasted on social media if I voted for Shea? Uh, by some, yes. And you would be a king here. You, I mean, you I would need, never pay I need for to, a meal ever again when you came to OKC. I do need to do an OKC rebrand, so... I, I wish I would have had the vote. <laughs> that that would have healed all the wounds that you'd created in the minds of Thunder fans. <laughs> I told I told Tumbleson that like if I had a vote, Shea was getting my MVP vote. And I don't think yeah. I, I people I don't think that's a hot take. I mean I think it's very hot. I think it's a very I think it's spicy hot take. because it's unpopular, but I think if you break it yes. down, I don't think it's like absurd. It's yeah, it's not unreasonable, right? <clears throat> but compared to like the the prevailing MVP takes, and the, it's and the standards for MVP, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, yeah. man. The dude turned OKC into a damn near five hundred win team. That's in, insane. Yeah, after yeah last year and what we thought they would be this year, and he looks insane with Team Canada. Just like absurd. I love guys <laughs> that just play at their own pace, like him and Cade. Just like yeah, Shea can. Like the way he plays with different speeds, just the sm- like I'm a, I'm a big Shea. Speaking of Shea, hold on, I got this right here, a little little Shea, little Shea rookie. Oh, oh, nice. So if you have any, if you have any uh, OKC fans listening to this and they want it, DM me. Five million. You're giving five, that away? No, five million dollars. Five million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, my last pick. I'm gonna go with Utah. Fair. I think that's like the most viable candidate left. I think the Wizards, Hornets. Rockets and Spurs are all headed for the lottery. I think Rockets fans might not like this pick, but I just I need to see it before I believe in it. And it's the West. I need to see it. And it's the West. I just don't. I, Utah was closer to the to the line. Yeah, Utah was really good in spots. Like Markkinen needs to show again that he's this player, mm-hmm. and I think he can be. Yeah. I thought he was awesome last year. He was. And then they need a guard to show up. Like I think they're going to probably play Keontae George a lot he impressed this me. year. And he was awesome. It also means that they're probably going to take a step back mm-hmm. in order to take a step forward here in a couple of years, yep. which I think is the right thing to do. Uh, they added Taylor Hendricks, too, that I think is going to take on you know, some kind of role mm-hmm. for them. So they also added John Collins, which which makes me feel confused. Like I know it was good value, and maybe they can flip him later for something else, but... That's a confusing one to me. So I don't know what direction they're heading in. They could make the play in if everything just clicks into place. I, I would not predict that to happen for them, but I do think it's possible yeah. for them to get there over like, man, like the Rockets. Honestly, like if the Rockets are going to do it, it's going to be on Jalen Green making a giant jump. Or jo- I don't or think Jabari. that it's... Or Jabari. Yeah. Yes, one of those guys needs to become the guy. I don't think... Van Vliet is going to do that for them. Nope. I think he's going to help them, but I think he's got to help one of those young guys get better. I think same for Dylan Brooks. Those guys aren't on their own going to change the fortunes of the franchise. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to be on the back of Jabari or Jalen Green for them to get there. Or baby baby Jokic that everybody just... I like Shangoon, but we got to relax. Sure, sure. Same with Walker Kessler. Can we relax on... I don't understand. Like, he's fine. Yeah, no, he's great rim protector. Um, I just feel like the Walker Kessel hype like, is a little just absurd. I agree. Like, doesn't shoot it from the outside. He's 
Like if you know, is he to me, I just like maybe he's like a little better. Like and this guy's good. I don't want to just like is he just like Zubak but better? Yeah, and that's a good. And player. that's a good player. But like I feel like people talk about him like watch out, Walker Kessler's coming. I mean, if you if you have the chance to have a player on your team that averages nine points and eight rebounds, man, franchise player, <laughs> you know, franchise player. No, I'm I'm kidding. I think he's good. I think, I think he's a good player. I think, I think fine, we get yeah. a little too caught too caught up in the numbers with him, like the advanced numbers with him. Yeah. But I think he'll help the Jazz. Yeah, good player. Is he a is is he your franchise player? He's not. No, he's not. Let's um, pump the brakes. But he's a he's a nice player. That is likely a starting center yep. in the NBA. And that's great. Smells like Zoo. Good job. <laughs> Smells like a zoo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right, James, tell the people where they can find you, maybe what you're working on, what you have written for the athletic recently. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at JL Edwards III. Um, yeah, if you're a Pistons fan, go to the Pistons tab or my author page on the athletic app. Uh, on Tuesday, I posted a story. Uh, kind of the five, my five thoughts now that the dust has settled on the Pistons offseason. Talk about how I think a trade's coming, um, or or likely it feels likely, especially what we talked about looking at the the backcourt with Killian Hayes. Talk about Isaiah Stewart's contract, uh, Masar, and then to, if you're this coming out today or tomorrow, coming out today, coming out today. If you're listening to this today, tomorrow I'll have a piece with Sam Vecini where we talk about. The importance of Caden, Jaden, or keep saying Jaden, Caden, Jalen in in terms of the Pistons turning a corner. So check that out. Yeah, um, I have a podcast, the Bun and Gar- the Bun and Cardigan Show. Um, yep. Great show, thank you. And I'll be on vacation next week. So yeah, there's three things for you can check out this week. If you don't, ha- if you don't out. hate me, OKC. Okay, I'm gonna get a whole new listenership from. I feel like I've I've repaired say. my OKC. The only beef that there was was I like went on the tanking thing with them a little too hard. And they're right. They didn't tank that long and the fans just got offended. (laughs) But I think I've repaired it since. I think it's repaired. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Has he has James repaired his relationship with OKC? I had one of the best burgers I ever had in my life in OKC. um, There you go. Can I shout out the place really quick before we go? Yeah. I know you'll know it. I just can't remember. Burgers, OKC. Um, it wasn't Nick's, was it? No, it has like a it has like a a weird name. Uh, it's like Midtown area, I think. Ag Bar Agbadala. Does that sound right? Bar. Yeah, yeah, that's downtown. Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. One of the best burgers I ever had. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Leo's Barbecue. Leo's. Oh, Leo's Barbecue. Those are the yeah, two, yeah. like burger and barbecue. They're in the top three I've that, ever had. That's that's the thing in OKC is you can find a lot of spots that are really good yeah. for either burgers or barbecue. Underrated. Underrated. Actually, there was a ranking that uh, some people say is fraudulent, but I don't I don't know that it is. OKC was ranked 85th in the world for best cities for food. I'm in some kind of food ranking. I mean, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I've had arguably the best burger in my favorite barbecue in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't I love you, OKC. OKC. Shea MVP. You got snubbed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening and stay locked in to The Athletic.